What? I've been practicing around with some stuff with vocal things with my with my noises I make. Um, and I, so anatomy lesson: got your vocal cords in your throat. Right above those, you have your false cords, which are uh, kind of what you use to prevent yourself from choking to death. If you swallow a piece of food, you're like. <clears throat> And then above those are your arytenoids, which are these little balls of cartilage. And uh, many months ago, I had a lesson with Mark. We were trying to figure out how to bring those together and do a lot more distortion with the arytenoids, because that's what all the deathcore boys are doing. Uh, we struggled. Whole lesson. I, I wrote the lesson off as kind of a waste of $100, if I'm being honest. $100. Um, but I've been practicing. Fun, yeah, I've been practicing this one song, and I think I kind of got it down, and I'm kind of jazzed about it. Because uh, it, it, it allows me to, it, it changes the, the sound of the distortion a little bit, but also like requires a lot less effort to do. And then I can like actually talk a bit better while I do it. Um, so that, that's that been fun. And I, I was going to try it on the show, but I also know that as soon as I try it, I will probably not do it right. Because... That sounds fun. That's how this works. But... That's a lot louder than my speaking voice. Yeah, it actually came out pretty good. I th- I think we're actually having some like Facebook audio issues, so I don't know if I'm hearing it as clearly. Yeah, as you're recording. yeah. But that's been fun. Like I can like kind of feel them coming together because like you have to like hold your breath a little bit. Like if you're gonna like ho- let out a lot of air, but you're holding it back. Like you can hear you, you be I, there's there's mechanisms like physically closing off like your retinoids are part of that and so you kind of kind of compress there and then push a lot of air through them and then they jiggle back and forth like uh like punching bags or something you know like those uh those I'm 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 pretending to hit a punching bag for the listeners I I don't know why I do any of the things I do but that that's what's going on. It's cool though I I really like the um thinking about the anatomy of how to make sound. Yeah, I I was singing in the car the other day, and I kind of made this sound with my voice, where it sounded better than I can normally sing. And it's like, oh, that's one of those things Chad talks about. <laughs> it had something to do with the roof of my mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, your uh, how far either front of your mouth or back of your mouth? Which one? It was actually like a little more back. Like I've been I've been trying to actively get it to the front. Where I can like feel it right up there. Yeah. Okay. Because both of those are you can you can do a lot with both those, right? So frontal resonance is definitely more of like that pop singing belting. Um, right. If you raise, if you put it in the back though, that's when you get a lot of those bigger warm tones. Uh, Puddles of Sad Clown, I'm pretty sure is doing a lot of lot of soft palate raised uh, because it just adds more space in your mouth, and you get a lot more of those low end tones. Uh, opera singers typically have that raised, I believe, because you can also Use that to help project if you like really, really force a bunch of stuff back there, um, a lot of pressure. So the fact that you know both of those and can feel it, though, is really good because that means you're th- there's a word for that where you like you can feel how the sounds you make interact with your own body. Uh, and the more you all have an understanding of that, the more you can figure out how to control them and move things around because you're like you're responding to like a physical sensation instead of just hoping for the best. But. Yeah, as you as you sing like and, and play around in the car, like try and get it to go back and forth and see how it sounds. Uh, to raise your soft palate, like go like you would yawn, like oh, and you just keep the back of your mouth raised. 
and then you can talk from that position and you can sing from that position. Um, when I do a lot of my, my screaming, I try to keep that pretty well raised because it just, it directs the resonance off my vocal folds for one thing. So it doesn't bounce those around too bad, but then it, it adds a lot more low end. It makes things sound really big and beefy. And like, I don't have aspirations of being a singer. Like it, it's neat to learn how to do the stuff better because it's fun to sing along with songs, but it's not like, and someday I'll record an album. Sure. But learning but the same these time, tricks is actually really important for like character voices. Yeah. And we were talking earlier, like I, I did a VR chat video where I played like a stupid character that was awkward. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun doing that because the way the character talks was funny, like the, the dialogue. But uh, at the same time, it kind of just sounded like I always sound. Mm -hmm. And it's like I would like... Uh, Ideally, I would like to have characters that sound different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's something that it's like, boy, if I could make a different voice at times, that would be very good for my uh, comedic endeavors. Yeah. And I guess it, part of it comes down to like, what kind of voice, right? Do you want it to sound like a real person, like someone doing an audiobook doing a bunch of different voices? Because I feel like. There's a lot more involved in there than some of this, the weird like compression you can do with the muscles in your mouth. Like, hey, if I talk, hey, 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 if I talk like this, I'm basically just like compressing the roof of my mouth and I'm not doing anything else. I'm just doing that. And it, it sounds kind of annoying, but like there's no effort there. But people don't sound like that. So if it's like a shitty cartoon character, that works. But if you're trying to sound like a human being, um, yeah, and you know, like, I think one of my inspirations really is Conan O'Brien. Okay. And I, he doesn't do a lot of voices, but he does do this one thing where he'll do, like, a nasally nerd when he needs, like, a nerd punchline. So he'll be interviewing somebody or he'll be talking about something, um, and, and the person will explain, and, and this is how we, we use the boat, We this is the first mast, and here's the mizzen mast, and... And then he'll go, what are you, some kind of a book nerd? A, 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 a boat book nerd? Like, we must take the ring to Gondor. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a, it's a goofy thing. Again, not like how a person would talk, but it's like immediately you see the thick glasses appear on his face somehow. Yeah. So like, I would like to do that stuff, but more than just that one character that Conan already invented. Yeah, sure, sure. I think playing around with, with resonance is really going to help you get there because it changes the way it colors your sound like so much. Um, and a lot of like the really, really good singers out there, they're, they're constantly moving where their mouth is, the, the sounds resonating in their mouth back and forth just to get different sounds and doing it on specific syllables. And it adds so much character. And I know that all applies to a speaking voice, whether you have to do more to your voice whether it's layer lowering or raising the larynx um you know opening closing different things because you have so many muscles in your mouth cameron like so many it's fucked up and you can do so many things with them like you, you actually can. have control over stuff more than you realize one of the things um that we had been working on for like high vocals is uh making the noise like because when you do that, you can physically feel your your soft palate kind of pushing back and closing down a bit. And I think there's a bunch of other uh, tissues involved in that, too. But 
if I close that and talk like this, I'm once again, I'm not doing anything, but just holding this position. But my mouth, like my, my voice sounds really different and it sounds a lot more natural than what I was doing before. So like, you know, that's something to play with too. Cause it, and then if you close that enough and then grunt through it, you get a pterodactyl shriek, which is what I'm trying to learn how to do. Kaka. Kaka. Well, that clipped the mic. <laughs> but I know, I know, um, a lot of the moving your larynx up and down, like I said, that can get some interesting stuff, but also it can feel, especially when you lower it a lot, I feel like that feels very fake, kind of like the, hi, I am Patrick kind of, kind of sound. Um, it was actually a decent Patrick. Yeah, but I, and I think like that character's voice, uh, especially towards later seasons when he was like more finalized, this is how he's going to sound, is a lot of just like really, I don't want to say breathy, but slightly breathy, lowered larynx, and then kind of just that, the, the cadence to him. And like, it's funny because I play around with noises like all the fucking time now, like on my lunch breaks, if I'm outside, I'm just like making weird noises because... I want to like eventually grunt through them and see what it sounds like. Because what what kind of weird scream textured noises can I make, right? And it it it's gotten me a lot less afraid to sound like an idiot, which is why you've gotten examples this episode. It's fun though. You gotta bring this to VR chat. You gotta you gotta like figure out a funny character voice you can do. Yeah, and just like whip it out. One of these days. Um, anyways, I, I don't know. Uh, how's your week been? You've been, you've been good. You've been doing the fun things. No, I don't, it wasn't a great week. Oh yeah. Mine's been kind of so, first rule of, uh, improv that people that don't take improv all know is yes. And right. So trying to make something entertaining. You got to keep the momentum going. Right. Okay. So you're not supposed to say no. And then <laughs> stop. talking. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm ruin sorry. the show. I'm horrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had a bad week, though. It's not a thing. How are you doing? I'm having a drink with my good friend Cameron, so that's pretty cool. That's good. I um I finished Arcane, that old Netflix show. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about Arcane back when I saw it. And... I planned on actually rewatching it again recently, but my Netflix, like, I checked, oh, how many more days do I have on Netflix? Uh, two hours. Oh, I didn't really want to renew it, so <laughs> I didn't yeah. watch it again. But, yeah, I I personally really liked Arcane. I know I talked about it on the show a little bit, but I'm curious what your take was. I also really liked Arcane. I was honestly really surprised at how much I really liked Arcane. I think I mentioned yeah. my my thoughts on the first couple episodes already, but with, with the characters younger, like the way it introduces the cast and kind of the, the class conflict, it felt very like, I was like, Oh, I didn't realize this is a young adult story. I'm kind of not in the mood for that, but we'll see where it goes. Cause people are talking it up. And then episode three, you get kind of the first big twist. Should we, should we talk spoilers? Yeah, I think I want to talk freely about it. So uh, I guess real quick, if anyone cares and you haven't seen it yet, uh, I mean, I recommend it. If you're really opposed to spoilers, then maybe don't listen to the episode. Yeah. 
Um, so the big twist at the beginning or in the first in the third episode, right, is uh, they they tell Powder to fuck off because she's unlucky. She's a jinx. She shows up thinking she'll save the day, and it almost seems like she's going to. And then the thing she made fucking kills everybody, and it doesn't help. And Violet punches her in the face and runs away, and it's all a thing. And it's like it's not just that it kills everybody. It's like these are basically her family. Like it's yeah. the only friends she has, <laughs> and. It's like the only support in this uh, really harsh world. It reminded and- me of uh, that episode of Code Geass where like they end the war and then he's like, yeah, I mean, if I told you to just kill everybody, you'd go do it. And then he accidentally activates his thing. And then the lady goes out and she's like, hey, we need to kill everybody. And then the war just starts up again because she's the princess or whatever. And the guards are like, OK, I guess we're going to open fire on the crowd. And it, it had, like, that level of, like, oh, no, the disaster is going on, and I can't stop it, and I can't look away, and this is so bad. We almost solved the problem. And then we get yeah, a Yeah, I think when the show opened, like, that first episode, it, it did not win me over. Yeah. It felt way too tropey. Like, they were setting up way too many things where it's like, okay, I get it. This is an ad for League of Legends, and they go out to play it safe, whatever. But they were really smart to release three episodes at a time. So basically mm-hmm. every weekend was like its own movie. And you got a trilogy of movies. Yeah. Because that tricked me into watching episode two. And I really quickly realized, oh, no, they are actually telling an interesting story. And by episode three, it's like, whoa, I can't wait till next week. Yeah. And then I, I came away from episode three going, my mind is telling me we're going to get a time skip and they're going to be adults and shit's going to be really fucked up. And that happened, but I really appreciated that because I really didn't want to watch them as kids. Like I, I, I wanted, I didn't want a young adult story where where the kids accidentally screw up and betray each other. I wanted like the aftermath of that. So like the first three episodes are almost like a a prologue, and then you get six episodes of like really strong meat and potatoes storytelling. Like there's a lot going on. It's a super dense narrative. There's so much world building. There are tons of characters, but they're fleshed out really well. Like, there's just a lot going on here, and it's all done shockingly well because it's Riot Games, and I don't like League of Legends. Yeah, so that's something, like, you've never actually, uh, um, you, like, you, you've not played League of Legends, right? I played it a couple times, like, way back when it first came out, um, like, what, eight years but ago? But not like you got into it serious or anything. Well, everyone was so fucking mean to me, and I was like, man, this game's not very fun, and everyone's a dick. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the game. Um, so I want to say this is like six years ago, maybe. They, they, you know, they had these big tournaments. Like League of Legends was clearly a big thing, and they made this decision to actually like can all the lore and backstory and stuff for the characters because there's like there's so many characters, and you just get these like dumb fluff background stuff. Yeah, it doesn't relate to the game. There's no narrative. And they're like, hey, we want to actually take this universe serious. So we're going to actually reset the canon and start like thinking things out before we introduce characters. And it's like, oh, why? Like, it's a MOBA. Who cares? But right. they really had this big uh, multi-year plan that, that they have been bringing to fruition. Because you see the uh, games they've been announcing and now the show series. Um. 
I think that was a smart call to recognize that they had some interesting characters, so maybe, you know, do something with them. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I loved I loved all the political twists that are going on in Piltover, like above the, you know, the, the the city proper, right? Like all the cool action stuff is in the underground, and it's basically like the poor is beating each other up and, and squabbling over you know gang violence and stuff, and then and then you go above and everyone's talking about trade routes and, and creating new technologies to, for more money, and it's all very like economics based. And they screw the Heimerdinger out of his position because he's holding it back and is like, hey, guys, maybe we should think this through a little bit. We should test it for like a decade before we just let people have things that might explode. That's, you know, and it's like, yeah, he's got a point, you know, but also y'all are humans and he lives for like 800 years and you live for 80. I I get it, too. (laughs) It's just so it was like it kind of reminded me of Game of Thrones, that sort of political backstabby way, but no one got murdered at a wedding. I also think it was very interesting to, uh, I don't know, weave so many characters together. Because when they first announced this, they said it was going to be a show about Jinx and her origin story with Vi. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, boy, I don't care for either of those characters that much. So, okay, whatever. But they worked a lot of interesting characters into this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, at the end of the day, it is a Jinx and Vi story, but... Silco is amazing. I love that character so much. Uh, yeah. All of the people above ground, all that political shit was super fun. Um, I can't remember the dude's name, but he had a cane and was basically like, I'm dying and have to solve this technology so I don't die. He was great. Just I loved uh, I loved the scene where he could walk. Yeah, where he like just kind of runs for a bit and you're like, oh shit, it's working. Well, I mean, did you... Did you watch what was going on in that scene? Um, I mean, yeah, but do I remember like all the little things? No. So, do you remember like there was a flashback of when he was younger? Right. And he found that like creepy scientist guy. Yeah. So, before that, he was playing in the river with a little toy boat. And then like it got swept away in the current and he couldn't keep up with it. And that mm-hmm. that panned from like the left to the right and it guided him towards the scientist um going right okay when he when he was actually after the experiment thing he was running right to left and behind him in the distance you see a steamboat and he overtakes it oh really that's that's cool but he's running the opposite way yeah and then and And it's just like i i know this is like filmmaking 101 but I'm sitting here going like, man, I love this show. <laughs> I don't pay enough attention to that kind of stuff. So I'm glad you brought that up because obviously he gets back to his thing and it's like shit's working and he's trying to do one last experiment. And then that lady that loves him shows up and fucking dies. Yeah, <laughs> that was um, I thought it would be tragic that she saw him as a monster and ran away. And then she explodes into a pile of ash that he can't even clean up. And it's like, yeah, great, great arcane. (laughs) Wow. But that's Um, the thing, though, is like this show, there's always stakes. Like, it's not just like, ew, you're gross. I'm going to run away. Right. It's like, no, she died. Like the the things all these characters do have like extremely profound consequences. Yeah. Who is that bad guy again? Silco. Silco. Um, I love his creepy eye. Yeah. But I love how he like. 
he's one of these villain characters where you completely understand where he's coming from and why he takes the actions he does. Yeah. But you're never sympathetic, really. It's like, I get it, but also, like, he kind of has to be stopped. And what's tragic, too, is the way that, like, he almost gets what he wants where he has equality for the the people living underground, which really was the whole end game. Yeah. But he doesn't want to, like, sacrifice what it would take to get there. Um, but I love that one scene where he shows up in that in the like the sheriff's house. Yeah, with his he's playing with the kid. And it was like that whole sequence was just so well done. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> this show is very smart. It really is like that. That kind of writing is so good because you're just like this scene by its nature is terrifying because you don't know what this motherfucker is going to do. Only that it's going to be cold and calculated. Yeah, you're really never sure what he's actually capable of or what he's actually going to do. Um, I like that one scene where there was like all the the scummy underworld leaders and he showed up and then like poisoned them all. Yeah. While he's like explaining, <laughs> you know, like the, the reality of the situation to him. But then when they showed up in his office and were threatening to cut him out and bodyguard lady like cut the one guy in half. It's like everything was so tense that you were not sure where it was going to go. Yeah, because the way that was played up, it's like, oh, shit, she is going to betray him. And she has every reason to because things are not working out. Right. Like, Yeah. It, in fact, from her point of view, it's not even like this selfish power grab. It's like, no, things are not working well. <laughs> it's like maybe, he, you know, maybe other people are seeing that he should be taken out. Um, And she even makes a point, too, that like. She's not infinitely loyal, you know, on purpose. Right. I just like that the the pragmat pragmatic villain, right, is so good because there's so many like shitty villains and like, villains tell good stories. You need a good villain, Marvel. Um and everything this guy does makes sense. But then also he he is human. Like he, the the stuff with his brother in the first arcs of the uh, of the show are really really strong. Like like, I get where this guy's coming from. I get how he fell from grace. Also, hey, we're going to foil that with, uh, you know, Jinx and, and Vi. But then at the end, like, he does actually consider Jinx his daughter. Like, he's not a bastard. He's not cold-hearted. He, he has all the human emotions. He just knows when to, like, lock them in a box for political gain. And that makes him fucking wonderful. So, I want to talk about Jinx a bit. What did you think of her? I liked her. I I didn't like her as much as I liked a lot of the other characters, but I also think the way they handled her was extremely compelling. I mostly felt sorry for her, but also was like, she needs to be stopped. She is fucking people's days up in a, in a bad way. It, it's hard when like your character is like a certain brand of crazy that's sort of like, that's fictional crazy, right? Like, I, I don't think people are schizophrenic or a you know bipolar in the way they are in shows like this where you know she's talking to things that aren't there and shooting guns at them. It just it's very over the top. Uh but they they did that level of over the top very well in this. It was I, I want her I want the outcome for her to be like positive despite the fact that I know it literally cannot be. <clears throat> I kind of liked that like this is what the Joker movie could have been was 
a character that maybe you sympathize with and then see them fall rather yeah. than scratch your head from the beginning to end. Um, I, I like when she's younger, it's, it's like clearly she wants to help and yeah. then things just don't work out. And when she's older, it's almost like she's used to things not working out because she does a lot of crazy things, but half the time she fails her missions. Like even as the, you know, when she's an adult, it's not like uh, she mastered her craft or something. It's like, no, wrong things happen a lot still. Like, she actually is yeah. still a jinx. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I, yeah, I, I liked, um, pretty much all the characters are interesting, which is refreshing. I, I think I want to talk a little bit about the visuals. Uh, this show looks so good. I love the visuals of this show. You can pause at any moment and it looks like a promo wallpaper you download off the site. Yeah. They're very like stylized visuals. I've met people who don't like them and I'm just like, bro. <laughs> I I guess like it's sort of similar to like when people didn't like uh The Legend of Zelda uh Wind Waker. And it's like, yeah, there's a very sty- stylized thing going on in that game. Like it's not your traditional pretty video game. Uh, and this has kind of that like painterly, almost uh, uh, cell shaded thing kind of going on. But man, it looks so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks good. I kind of uh, I would like to talk more about it, but I almost feel like I need the visual component. Yeah. Um, to to specifically point out the specifics I want to like rant and rave about because I I was talking to a coworker about this. And I showed him a scene, like, uh, there was a fight between Vi and I can't remember the security lady, the bodyguard lady. Oh, that's such a good fight scene. I watched that last night. But I love how they animate her robot arm and the way that, like, steam and magic and stuff will, like, shoot out of it. Yeah. And I was, like, going frame by frame and pointing out to him, like, which aspects were hand-drawn and flat and which are part of the 3D and he was like, how can you tell the difference? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Trust me on this. <laughs> um, but it was like, I, man, the polish on every single episode. Um, I just, I, well, even the visuals, like when you first go to the Undercity in the first episode, like the elevator going down, it just, it's so cool where it's like, when's the MMO coming out? Yeah. I've seen two locations so far. I want to explore them all. What do you think of... Um... Some of the character design work. So they improve like every character. Um, I, I think uh, visually, I really love Caitlin's look. She's the uh, the security guard that we, we ship with Violet, right? Right. Yeah, I like um, her too. In the game, I think she's the character that I hate the most visually. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me bring up her costume. <clears throat> I've always hated this character. She's actually like one of the first ones when the game came out too. Um, I'm seeing a couple of different wallpapers and I dislike all of them. Yeah, she's like steampunk with a top hat. Yeah. And it's like a goofy top hat. So yeah, there's actually an Easter egg where one of the scenes in her bedroom, she has that top hat like hanging on a hat rack in the background. Oh, that's cool. And I pointed and laughed. I went, ah, there's the dumb hat I hate. And my dad was like, okay. I didn't like um, that for a lot of the first scene she was in, she's basically wearing a dress, but she's supposed to be like a police officer and a security person. 
And I get that her role is somewhat ceremonial, but it's like, come on, that that's not that that's not like appropriate attire that you're wearing. And then like as the show goes on, she she wears a lot more like normal ass clothing for what she's doing. Well, some of these like screenshots and show of things, I'm guessing old costumes from the video game. Like she she you can dress her kind of skimpy. Oh yeah, a lot of League of Legends skins are very skimpy. Uh, I don't like that, especially either. the older ones. I feel like they got a little more well-rounded as time went on, but it's not like they have gone away from that completely. Sure. Um, in the show, man, I feel like every character just looks good. They, I think, The um, designs are much more balanced. Their faces have more personality to them. Um, a, a couple of these, it's like, well, I sent you uh, Victor. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think you can recognize him as Victor. I think uh, I, no, I didn't I did catch it either. Was. Like when I realized, uh, when I realized who the character was in the show, I was like, "Oh, he's so different." And then you kind of see him start to fall apart, and it's like, "Oh, this is so compelling." You know, it didn't feel like fan service. Right like, here's Darth Vader. I I recognize him because he has to help it. I do. I do think Jinx's design is a, maybe a little loud. As far as like all the kind of video gamey things she's got going on, like her hair is extremely long, her guns are extremely big, her top is is fairly revealing. She has like Harley Quinn style pants on, like she's she's a lot. And I almost wish they would have toned her down in one aspect, like pick one of the four or five attributes she has and make that just a a little more normal. Um, because. Like, Violet is so grounded in, like, how she emotes, what she wears, uh, how she moves. Like, she feels like a very realistic character. I mean, she's basically wearing a hoodie the whole time. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, that makes sense, right? Like, a lot of, I think a lot of the characters make a lot more sense. And then Jinx, probably on purpose, is just sort of that one that stands out the most. But then, like I said, that more than likely is extremely on purpose. So did you, uh, I, I know we've talked about Riot's recording label, but have you ever seen Jinx's music video? Oh, Jinx has a music video, huh? So this is actually how they announced the character for the game was, I think shortly after they announced they were doing this lore rework, this is one of the first characters they announced and it was like, and with a music video, wow, <clears throat> it's a big deal. And frankly, I didn't care for this. Like I didn't. <laughs> I've never liked Jinx. I didn't like this music video. I don't like her in the game. I just don't care. Um, sure. But I went back and watched the music video again, and it's very weird seeing some of the things in the background where it's like, oh, wait, that city looks right. Like, a lot of these things got uh, used in the show, um, you know, fleshed out a little better. But it's like, it's kind of strange going back to uh, when did this come out? Yeah, where's like the date? The, the I, I cannot figure thought, out how right? YouTube works now. Uh, 2013. Holy shit! Yeah, holy crap! Like all of these, all these places where it's like, oh, these are in the show. And it was just weird because back then there wasn't a city. Like League of Legends doesn't have a city in it. Um, so it's like, oh, these are just generic locations of like wherever she's from. She blows up buildings, I guess. She's a little too like Harley Quinn in this video. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like she feels like knockoff Harley Quinn. And yeah, what and I like in show, Arcane is that she's actually better Joker. Yeah. Which is much more appealing than subpar Harley Quinn. 
Exactly. I do like all of the graffiti she does and like the the neon like spray paint. It's such a fun way to tag that she's there. But yeah, also, I, like, I don't mind really that stuff fits. for her signature. I like how there was that one bomb she set off where she drew the big monkey and Caitlin saw that. Yeah. And then later when you see that same monkey um like drawn into the fogged up mirror after she was showering, and it's like it it's framed so perfect where it's like one for one. That's another one of those things where that happened and I was like immediate like dread in the stomach. Uh oh, Caitlin's fucked. Yeah. Because like, no, Caitlin, you're not gonna be able to beat her. She's she's in game and you are not. You are uh you're you're like Moroku in this. You're you're you can you could do fun things to the side villains and you could have a, a spot, but actually you're probably more like Sango, Moroku's an idiot. You, point stands. <laughs> I really liked how the ultimate at the end was like she fired off her iconic shark rocket. Yeah, that was kind of, and that's how I mean, the show that... ends is with her firing the ultimate from the game where it's like, you know, they did actually work in it for any league of legends fans. This is like 110% eye candy. Oh, nice. But for people that don't know that league of legends is a game, uh, did you know that this was more successful than uh squid game? Really? Yeah, Netflix actually reported that the numbers are coming out back better than Squid Game. Wow. Yeah, this reached a lot of people. I I almost hate that because I know like, like it's like I know Riot Games from their game and like a lot of the allegations that went on about the studio having some kind of less than stellar practices, and you're like, okay, that's Riot Games. But then it's like, Riot Games is also Arcane, which is fantastic, and Pentakill, which is fantastic, and. KDA, which is fantastic, and you're like, God damn it, you guys. Pick a lane. So I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about the show? Um I like I, I did like the end where it, it feels like maybe we're gonna get something we can like ground ourselves on, and then she just basically nukes the fucking city. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> it's so perfect it's just great i love the amount of questions that they leave us with because it's like man season two is going to be really interesting no matter where they go with it yeah i will say this show did a really good job of keeping me on my toes like i called the the time skip but other than that a lot of the a lot of the things going forward were like really hard to predict if not impossible for me and i'm fairly genre savvy with stuff i'm just like man i don't I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I feel like there's a handful of things they can do with Silco, and like killing him the way they did wasn't exactly one of the ones I considered. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, by the time it got to the last three episodes, I had no clue where it was going to go. And it's like, man, I'm just going to sit back and let it happen. Yeah. Um, We're at 37 minutes, but I know you, you mentioned in the chat Blizzard did some things you maybe wanted to talk about, assuming we're done with Arcane. So, yeah, that's kind of the funny thing is, like, uh, Blizzard and Riot have this weird uh, duality rivalry relationship. And they're very, they're it's both frustrating because, like you said, it's like, man, I wish there was, like, a good guy and a bad guy so we could root for one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they're kind of both guilty of the same problems. Um, But when Arcane came out and Arcane was doing really good and people were talking about Arcane... I can't tell you how many Blizzard fans I know that were like pouting and they're like, this should have been the Overwatch show. Uh, 
Where where's the Warcraft show? That there's so many stories to tell, and we got that Yo, shitty that's movie. That's a and legitimate done thing, though. Where is the Warcraft show? There is like good shit in Warcraft as far as narratives. Man, they have Blizzard. I think Blizzard's success largely comes from how long they've been a big name and yeah. all the stories that they've built upon themselves. And it's like they just do nothing with it. It's weird. I remember every time they would do a new Overwatch character, right? Like we'd get these like really snazzy videos like that were really well done and had like a cool narrative weaved through them. And you're like, oh, shit, there, there's something behind the scenes here. And then it, it really hasn't kind of amounted to anything. No, this, I, I'm waiting for the story to start. Honestly, like the way Overwatch is, all we've gotten is like prequel build up, character backstory, character backstory, prequel build up. But there, there's going to be something. Something's going to happen, you guys. But first, let's explain who this is. But something's going to happen, you guys. And after years of that, it's like, all right. And then they announce Overwatch 2. Which apparently is the something where like maybe Overwatch 2 is the first time that a story takes place at the present and moves forward. And it's like Overwatch 2 was such a big success. I mean, Overwatch 1, but the launch of that, it's like a new IP and it got so much attention and it sailed big, huge numbers, crazy. Uh, Overwatch is more important than Warcraft of Blizzard. And now it feels abandoned. It's bizarre think, um, to me. Do you think they missed their point, like their mark? Like, if they release Overwatch 2, a full game, and it got, has stuff, do you think it, people will care as much as they want them to? Well, okay, so that's actually what I wanted to talk about, because Overwatch 2 isn't a full game. Blizzard do like their expansions. It's, uh, it's a weird conversation that's been coming up recently because of uh, Microsoft buying out Activision, right? Yeah. And a little bit before that, did you hear the Lego thing? I did not. So Lego pulled a Overwatch 2 set that they were going to release. And they said that they're reevaluating the relationship and they might not do Overwatch stuff anymore. Is it? Oh, wow. And the Lego statement was that they're not convinced that Blizzard's making like appropriate improvements on their like. Uh, the questionable action stuff. Right. But the people in the toy industry and the toy collector experts that know how these things work, it's probably more likely that uh, they were kind of banking on Overwatch 2 to come out by now because these sets are designed and it's like that's R&D money. Right. That they've been sitting on for over a year. You know, we're talking production time and stuff like you, you can't keep delaying something like this. Lego's going to release their set. <laughs> to me there's just like there's a uh, real world money involved that you can't just keep playing these games and yeah, I mean, maybe this like works as a good plastic, scapegoat to right? pull out but um so anyways microsoft buys activision and people started asking is uh oh wait a minute i got an update here uh windows security did not detect any viruses for the third time today thank you windows security <laughs> Um, people started asking, is Overwatch 2 going to be an Xbox exclusive? And I would respond to that and say, why would they release an expansion to a game only on one console? And people get confused because they forgot that Overwatch 2 is an expansion 
and they thought it was going to actually be a new game, which goes back to how confusing and quiet they've been when they talk about it. Yeah. Because no one even knows what it is. Like, they're speculating, and it's like they don't even know what they're talking about because it's so vague and gone. I know that at one point I would have been very excited, and that point was like three or more years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I I think, uh, like, we used to have this tradition where we would play after the show, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what happened, but at some point we're like, what if we played something else after the show? And we realized that we like our time together more than we liked playing Overwatch, and I think we all dropped it. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it just was not, um, it was not getting fun, and they were not fixing the things that we found unfun. And then instead they, like, actually made things that I found even less fun as far as, like, team balance goes. And then the change they're going to make, too, uh, it's going to be 5v5 now. Oh, yeah, it was 6 on 6 before, wasn't it? Yeah, and so that means there's only one slot for a tank. And it's like, well, normally three of us are trying to figure out who gets to be the tank. So you're going to make that harder. That sounds fun. Like, I I don't even want to play Overwatch 1 as soon as that change goes into effect. Right. There there were so many problems with that game that, like, I feel like we overlooked because we were largely having a good time hanging out, and it was new, and... There's also good things about that game. It's like, well, at least it has this going for it, and the character designs are really cool, and I like all the levels for the most part. But over time, I went from, like, this game's great. I could buy some of the figures. Oh, they're expensive. I guess I probably won't. But I'll think about it, too. This game's okay. I definitely don't need any swag. Um, we probably only need to play once a week, too. What What if we, play, what if we played the Dwarf game? Yeah. And it just, uh, they have not done anything to make you come back. Anyone. Yeah, I imagine we're not the only people that had that trajectory. Yeah. They haven't, like, added things to the game. Because they were doing, like, new characters every, like, four or five months. Yeah. No maps, no nothing. It has been, the, the game that you stopped playing is right where it left off. Oh, wow. Like, that's the weird thing. Uh, it feels like shovelware at this point, or abandonware, or whatever. Like it's a uh, yeah, it's rough, and so it's just it. <coughs> it's kind of like how Warcraft's going through a bad spot right now too, and it's like, boy, watching Arcane made me wish that I could play League of Legends without crying. And there's the rub, right? Because League of Legends, I don't think is a very good game. Granted, I haven't played it in eight or so years, but at the time, I I definitely did not like it. But man, I'm looking forward to that MMO. Uh, I will try the fighting game. I tried their Hearthstone. They have like a card game, and it's oh, really? actually very good. Nice. I don't know if I want to get into a card game, but it's like, ah, eh, this is a pretty good game. I'm curious. I, I will not play the MMO, but I am curious, I guess, like what it will be like because... The, the world of Arcane and the magic system and the technology and stuff, like, it is perfect for an MMO. It's yeah. really good. And there's very clear uh, potential for the different kinds of things. Because, you, I, I mean, even within the show, they were adapting these MOBA characters. But it's like, there's magic, there's guns, there's uh, science technology, there's swords. Um, there's, like, beast creatures. And it's like... 
you know, the chances that I get to be like one of my favorite characters in the MMO is really low, but there's a lot of stuff that'll probably make it over. Yeah. Um, like I wouldn't mind being a cool sharpshooter like Caitlyn, but with my own design kind of going on, like that would be cool. Uh, it's hard to say, (coughs) um, what that will really look like, but also, uh, Greg Street's working on it and he's responsible for some of the good decisions that happened in WoW. And it's like, yeah, you know, okay, my hopes aren't up, but I see the potential and I'm optimistic about it. Yeah. I can see the fighter game being halfway decent too. Just like the fight scenes in arcane were so well choreographed and very cool. Uh, that it's one of those things like, yeah, there's a lot you can work in here if you get some like really good game designers on board and some good artists, which I know Riot Games has on hand because I've seen their other stuff. It's like you said, there's potential. But at least this show turned out good. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. I mean, it was it was a fun watch. Uh, it was it was very jarring coming after Centaur World. <laughs> Do you think there's anything Blizzard could do that would really get people hyped? Like, they have their properties, and people really like those. I just, I don't see them doing, like, Diablo 5 or whatever. I know they're probably working on it, but I, like, Overwatch 2 wouldn't do it for me. More World of Warcraft isn't going to do it for me. But, like, if they did, like, a World of Warcraft, another movie, I would be super down for that, right? Like, the I, I'm curious what they could do to bring people back and it doesn't have to be video games. It could be like multimedia stuff. I think um, if Arcane didn't come out, I think they could have surprised everybody with a really good miniseries. But even now, if they do a good miniseries, it will at best be compared to Arcane. Yeah. What do you think of that new game they just announced? Blizzard? Yeah. What did they announce? They announced a multiplayer survival game. Huh. It's a new IP. Honestly, like that's a that's a good move for them. I think. Okay, I I, th- I guess I'm the only one that doesn't think that because I've heard that from other people that like pay attention to this stuff and they're all like, "Oh, that's a smart move." Well, I'm like, because oh, I don't give a shit about any of their IP anymore, other than like passively consuming it as movies or reading it as comic books. But even then, they'll probably be bad because most comics are bad. And so, like, oh, they they did a new IP. And it's a new game, this is a type they haven't tried before, and it's like, oh yeah, like why not, right? Like throw something new at the board, see what happens. I'm not, I'm not opposed to the new IP part. I'm just opposed to the survival game part. I guess it depends on what they mean by survival game. Like Ark and Valheim and D- Dead by Daylight, Dawn, oh. Dawn Dead. Uh, zombie I'm not survival gonna play it. game. I don't like those games. Fortnite. Um, I <laughs> if they if they're the first one to make a good one, then f- sure. But it's like they can't even make Warcraft or Overwatch good right now. Right now, I know. Like this, this is the other thing behind the scenes. Um, a lot of Blizzard's best talent has been working on new things that we haven't seen yet. So it's entirely possible that this will be the good one. 
and hey guys, sorry for the crummy releases the last three years, but uh, Survival on Green Island is going to be the best game you've ever played. We guarantee it. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, but when they announced it, I'm kind of uh, <laughs> sure. Now there's also some politics behind it too. So they didn't announce. Here's an exciting new game. They said, "Hey, we're hiring for an exciting new game, and it's going to be great because of who we hire." Which it kind of implies that they don't have anything to show and they won't for some time. Yeah, that's a that's a weird way way to phrase it. This announcement also came out like a day or two after they made it clear that Bobby Kotick's going to leave once Microsoft buys him out. Uh, Kotick famously, you know, being responsible for the mess that is Overwatch 2 and yeah. some other, you know, and, and, and let's go back even further. They made Destiny 2 turn out the crazy mess that was. Like, I, I have a feeling that maybe there's some people with good ideas that were holding on to them. And now that they're hopefully free, these ideas will come to fruition. So we'll find out. Sure. It also feels very like we announced it this way because the stocks in our company were wavering in ways we didn't like, and we hope this will make them go up again. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like they have proof that uh, yeah. wins me over and is like, oh, they're really passionate about this one. But we'll see. I wonder how many of, like, the OG Blizzard team are working at, like, Riot Games now. Because you mentioned that one of the early designers was doing their MMO. Yeah, some other people have to. Um, I think, you know, I'm so bad with names. Uh, I know some talent did kind of get poached by Riot. I know a lot of Blizzard's talent splintered off to make their own game studios and work on smaller projects. Sure. And, uh... Depending on how far along some of those projects are, um, they might be able to just, you know, like, hey, uh, Blizzard's fixed now that Codex's gone. Come on back. But I, I kind of doubt that. Yeah, I don't know if people will be, uh, be willing to risk that, especially if it involves, like, physically moving, you know, across state lines or something, right? Yeah, some of that stuff is a big deal, uh, more so than are uh, <laughs> entitled like gamers are just so entitled it's just kind of like will you make world of warcraft 2 now will it come out next week i'm gonna play it yeah so yeah and a lot of the stuff i'm saying too i want to say is like speculative because we don't have a lot of hard information but i just have a feeling you know i i really try to keep my finger on the pulse of this stuff i try to listen to fans and people that are in the industry and people that analyze the industry. And I notice patterns, but I also notice those three categories all have very different interpretations of the patterns. Oh, sure. So I try to, you know, figure out, wait a minute, which of these are correct normally? Yeah, I get you. Oh, <sighs> well, 50 some minutes. I guess if anyone out there hasn't seen Arcane... I recommend it still. Me too. It's really good. Good time had by all. I don't know. Uh, um, anything else you want to say about uh, terrible video games you don't play? All of them are bad. That's Even the good. ones you like. Yeah. Except the ones I like. But even some of those are bad. 
I was playing something the other day. Shoot. What's it called? Um, Cloudpunk. Oh, I've heard good things about that one. Boy, I I hate that game. I might return it. Oh, wow. It is so slow, and characters talk so much. I, I, I want video games to have like a start button, and then you play the fucking game. All the screenshots That's... of it are are like just a looks like a car slowly flying around a future city. Yeah, it's just you're in traffic a lot. Oh, that doesn't sound very fun or very yeah. Fun. I love cyberpunk so much. I've been looking at all these different cyberpunk genre games, and it's like boy. A lot of these, you can tell they liked the movie Blade Runner in concept, and that's all they know. They didn't make an interesting game about it. They didn't think out what would be fun to do. They didn't write a story that's interesting, but they got it to rain over neon lights. At least it's pretty. It is very pretty. <laughs> you know, it is. But uh, so they, they just came out with the trailer for the Cuphead show. And it's like, you know what? I like Cuphead, so I reinstalled that, and I've been playing that. And it's like, boy, it's kind of refreshing playing a video game. <laughs> it doesn't, like, talk down to you the whole time. Uh, yeah, I was that was interesting to see, like, that was going to get a cartoon. But also, it makes sense. Like, the visual style of that is basically, it's an old, it's an old-timey cartoon. Like, you're, you don't have to do anything new. You just have to keep doing what they're doing. Pretty much. Did you see that trailer? I did not, but I saw a screenshot. And I was like, hey, that looks like uh, Cuphead. Um, let's watch that trailer. That might actually be my glad space this week. There we go. Another Netflix. We had like a Netflix show today. Yeah, I don't even have Netflix. I steal all this shit. Yeah, I don't have Netflix right now either, but I, I probably will in a couple more months. Yeah, me and my brother have talked about just getting it proper for the handful of things we do really want to watch. Like Avatar The Last Airbender. Anyways, I'm going to click play on this in a couple seconds. So, three, two, one, play. That looks, that looks charming. It actually looks like a cartoon. Yeah. You know, it's like they they move around a bit. I, I saw a trailer for a cartoon the other week where... Like, the tweening was getting me angry. There's a time and a place for it, but it's like, man, this had a nickel budget. I can't sit through this trailer. Sure. Yeah, but that, 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 that put a smile on my face, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, I like, I like that. That looks like it'll be a fun, fun show. It has, it has like, an old-school vibe, but also, like, a new, kind of new-school one, too. Like, you get, you're, we're getting a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Do you have a glad space to share with everybody? Oh yeah. What what am I glad about this time? Um I meant to look up what I did last week, so I didn't repeat myself. That's oh, cool. I, I, I made a I made another Lego set. I got the Bonsai Tree Lego set and I put that together. Oh, that's right. You're telling me about that. And then uh on VR chat we ended up um doing bonsai trees. Yeah, that was that was fun. But the the Lego set is it's a really, really gorgeous little display piece. Like, if you have a bookshelf or, or something and you're like, oh, I haven't built a Lego set in a while, but they're all kid stuff, what would I do? It's like, no, you can get this one and put it together, and it is like a charming little bonsai tree that you could 
display somewhere and not feel bad about it. Like it, it's very much an adult Lego set in that regard. It's not as fun to put together as probably some of the other sets out there, but it was it was a nice way to spend like two hours and just you know sitting on the floor. Got my bag of Legos all spilled all over, and I'm picking apart, finding the parts. Like it's nostalgic. It was fun. Yeah, that actually sounds like a very nice time. I'm rather fond of Lego. My cat likes to help. That's good, too. Yeah, he he's a cute little guy. He's got bad all the pieces around and try to fit himself in the box, even though he's too big. Um, I think I think we're good. Are we done? We had a did we do an episode? I guess we did. I, I enjoyed this one. I don't know. I'll probably log off and I don't know what to do tonight. Huh. What? I don't know what I'm doing either. Part of me doesn't really want to do anything. Continue the trend. But I've been really lazy today. And I don't know if I should continue the trend. Very hard. Yeah, I might just sit here until next week. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Night, everybody. I want to end on a high note. Um, th- think about puppies. Yeah, I thought you were gonna do like an actual high note, thing something. Oh, like a musical note. Yeah, that's where I went. That would have been clever. We're not that though. So guess what, everybody? You don't get any notes, oh, but well. you do get to think about puppies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>